0: nursery crime, or he who did the rhyme did the crime. To start with, I'll say I probably shouldn't dwell too much on the fact that the two shortlisted names for today's post ended up including the word crime in them. Honestly, I am a law-abiding citizen, to a boring extent in fact, but I'm presenting some of my observations on nursery rhymes here. Yes, I am addressing nursery rhymes in my first ever proper blog post, if you're expecting hard-hitting and controversial topics, you came to the wrong page, my friends. Unless that is, you find my personal preference for the order of verses in row, row, row your boat to be the height of shocking edginess. And crime was the best word I can think of that rhymes with, well, rhyme. I considered nursery time, but then decided that might give the impression I was looking at the whole kids going off to nursery subject, which I'm not, but will likely draw my attention to somewhere down the line. And then after I'd settled on nursery crime, I remembered the classic saying used as a witty comeback at anyone who ever says who who smelt it, dealt it. Most likely because I had the rhyming of rhyme with crime on my mind, and I figured there's always room for some flatulence referencing humour here. So I went with both because internally I'd committed to using the first, but at the same time the child in me, or the part of adult me who loves Adam Sandler films, wanted to keep the spark chosen. But here we are, nursery rhymes. Most people are familiar with at least the classics. Now I say most people, because up until a few years ago, I naively assumed that everyone would be familiar with at least the classics. But then at the time employed as a lifeguard supervisor at a leisure center, I found myself working with a youngster who was a fellow lifeguard. And one day we, for some reason, got onto the subject of nursery rhymes and he disclosed an admission that left me flabbergasted he didn't know twinkle twinkle little star sure he knew of it he just didn't know the words mind blown fortunately for me as a parent I do know them and I know the words to a lot more nursery rhymes too now what does that sound like a boast I say fortunately because I have needed them at times not with our eldest son Logan when he was a baby yes he enjoyed us singing them to an extent but mostly he was the kind of baby you could pop down for either a nap or night's sleep, and he'd generally drift off by himself. With our second son, Dylan, we needed to know a few, so he refused to an extent to go to sleep without being cuddled and sung to, but would ordinarily only take the length of a handful of songs to go to sleep. Number three, Cadence, was tougher, and maybe because she was our first girl after two boys and we possibly spoiled her a little more, possibly because she was just a stubborn little madam, but she needed a much more concerted effort from us in order to go to sleep. I'm not exaggerating when I say it took both my wife, Emma and I laying either side of her, practically swaddling her and gently stroking her nose while singing seemingly endless versions of the soldier soldier won't marry me song in order for her to eventually give up fighting it and drop off. It always took so long, we had to get seriously creative with some of the items of clothing of the very, very best that the girl got for her soldier from her grandfather's chest. So we wouldn't run out before she went to sleep because she would only let us sing that one song. Uh, Although at 13 years of age now, she doesn't remember any of that or even the song at all. I have no idea how we sang it It so much that it really should have been subliminally imprinted on her brain forever. Clearly, Emma and I have been left with deep rooted trauma from it because we make sure to skip it where possible when singing to Parker, who we move on to next. Parker is our clingiest baby yet. She will not self-soothe or settle to sleep herself and has to be cuddled and snuggled. And she needs songs because she loves continued interaction and entertainment. She's the kind of baby who gets bored through her baby sensory sessions on the bits where the instructor is talking and mostly enjoys the bits with music. Therefore, we have to make sure that our nursery rhyme repertoires are up to scratch, and, if I can get away with appropriating a phrase used mostly by people a lot younger than me, on point. We even learned one of the many variations of the Hush Little Baby Don't Say a Word song, the one with the mockingbird, diamond ring, looking glass, and a multitude of other gifts that no sane person would ever give to a baby for the first time in our lives. When you have a baby who needs such relentless entertainment, you do what you can to keep yourself from losing your mind completely. This has included changing the tempo of each nursery rhyme to match the beat you're making soothingly patting your baby on the back, bum, leg, or wherever they like the most. This is pretty simple to do with most of the songs. Not with how much is that doggy in the window, though. No, that one is a little tricky blighter and doesn't like you changing its tempo Conquered it eventually, however, and now I can change that one as required like all the others. The self-distraction from nursery rhyme-induced insanity has also included trying to categorize the songs while singing them too, to get in some semblance of an order, based off even the loosest of connections. As a result, Ba ends up giving away her three bags of wool just before little Bo Peep loses her sheep, and she waits for them to come home, while Mary's little lamb follows her to school, which is against the rules. We don't quite find out her punishment for having a lamb at school because Mary, Mary, quite contrary, butts in to tell us how her garden is growing. Or Incy Wincy Spider manages to get back up his water spout in time to come along to Miss Muffet's Tuffet and frighten her away uh, because at this point they may as well be the same spider who's to say they aren't. And just because he happens to have the same melody as Miss Muffet, little Jack Horner gets away with playing with his food. And we can't stick around to tell him that thanks to the plummy mess he's made all over the floor, he isn't the good boy he thinks he is because Jack and Jill are about to go up a hill to fetch a pail of water on an errand that gets Jack laid up with a head injury because if they're anything like our Dylan and Cadence, they couldn't do that one simple job without bickering and trying to trip each other over. Then, just like that, you realize that what you started as a bit of fun and an attempt to turn nursery rhyme time into something more of a challenge has instead become an obsession that keeps you up all night like a detective trying to crack a massive case, poring over evidence and trying to find the tiniest links between songs to be able to continue grouping them together successfully, and you come to the realization that it is not a sustainable option. So you go back to just singing them in any old random order, or trying to because once you've started trying to group them, you'll always subconsciously still keep some together, or you find you've permanently broken your own brain because new little obsessions have crept in, like making sure you row, row, row your boat, you go gently down the stream, the river, and the creek, and finish at the shore, and you justify that little obsession because it makes total sense to take that particular rowing journey in that particular order, Finally, you come to the very amusing realisation that in order to keep singing the nursery rhymes in a way that will keep your little ditty Dynamo settled, you've managed to hit an uninterrupted flow and turn the rhymes into some kind of child-friendly version of one of those club megamixes you see advertised, where one beat, in this case the one we've adjusted the tempo to as mentioned before, plays continuously while the songs playing over the top change, which I guess is kind of cool.